Welcome, everybody, to the One Point Safety Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Sherrick, alongside Marty Cooks and Adam Walters. Welcome back, boys. Let's go. Great to be back. In person. All right. Well, we are back in studio, no Zoom, live, ready to rock. Gosh, it feels good. Feels great. Yeah. I've been waiting for this for a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're going to touch base on how Corona has affected all of us in this new normal as we go throughout the show. But jumping right into it, did you hear Mike Tyson might be coming back for a little reunion tour, huh? Yeah. yeah he's freaking old as hell, though. <laughs> his, his training videos don't look make him look old as hell, though. No, right. my God. I mean, he looks like he's the day he walked out of the ring, I swear. Still looks, looks like he's still got it. Yeah. yeah. And you see him like showing people how to like, you know, maneuver and duck and push and, and stuff like that. And you're just thinking, how is this guy still like able to do that at that age? I don't know, because like he kind of went through like this weird transition where he was doing that comedy tour, like live with Mike Tyson, where he kind of talked about his life and he was doing that. And then, like out of nowhere, it was like, "Oh, here's a tra- here's Mike Tyson training the box again." And you're like, "Oh my god!" Right. Going back to the where you take a punch from Mike Tyson? Uh, no, I won't. Changing right. my answer. And then he was in, you know, the movie, the Hangover movies, and stuff <laughs> like that. And you're like, "Oh, he's this is just what he's doing now." And then you see him in a you know Starbucks showing someone how to punch, and you're just <laughs> like, "Holy shit, he could! I think he could come back." Right? Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he's got like a cartoon. Uh, like a superhero cartoon about him too on like a cartoon network or whatever it's called. That sounds right. That <laughs> sounds accurate. Cause he's always been kind of an interesting character and personality. And I mean, in my opinion, if he wouldn't have got wrapped up in all of the bad stuff and some of the mental problems he had, mm-hmm. I think he would have went down as the greatest fighter of all time. I really do. But just you know, a powerful boxer. Yeah. They said that he had the hardest punch of any boxer to ever live. And I, I looked it up, and his velocity that he would punch with was 1,600 joules. To put that into perspective, that would be a mini fridge full of beer falling out of a second-story window and hitting you. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think about that when you're getting hit in the face by uh, by a guy. 1,600 joules, mini fridge, beer, dead. That's yeah. amazing. No thanks. Yeah, I was kind of looking through his career and uh, just brushing up on it, and they said that. He landed 56% of his power punches, which was 15% higher than the average heavyweight boxer. Jesus Christ. It's insane. He, I think he, his first 37 fights he won, and 33 of them were by knockout. He won 50, and 44 of them were knockout, so the yeah. math checks out. Yeah, absolutely. Did you hear about uh, how he had contacted Tyson Fury about possibly doing an exhibition fight? I did. I, I read about that. That's Who do you guys got in that Tyson versus Tyson? Tyson. I'm taking it. <laughs> I'm taking Iron Mike, Iron Mike every day of the week. I mean, if if Mike Tyson still got got that big punch and everything, I mean, anything's possible. Just It takes only one good punch, and he could knock, knock Tyson Fury on his ass. So There's a pay-per-view I'd buy. Yeah, yes. 100%. And, you know, you're right. It only takes one, one good punch, and from Mike Tyson, that punch can come any time because all of his punches seem like they're power punches. But on the opposite note, and I hate Tyson Fury. I hate how he acts and how he is. But at the same time, do we know if Mike Tyson has his steel chin still? Like, 
I mean, he's been out of the, the ring for a while. What if he gets, you know, a solid punch to the face? We see him, you know, doing the punching and, you know, moving in his agility. But can he still take a punch? Is his coordination still there? Like if, if Fury goes on the offensive and everything. We've seen 30-second clips of Mike Tyson punching a bag and moving around. Can he go all the distance? You know, right. he's a, he's getting older. Having that stamina is going to be tough. Right. And I thought, you know, Deontay Wilder was going to beat Tyson Fury, and, and that didn't happen. And now that that match got postponed because of everything with Corona. But I was looking forward to, to that second match. But Yeah, that, that's supposed, that was actually supposed to be a week from today, a week from Saturday. But now they're talking like it's going to be pushed back to at least December. I just don't know. I mean, I would never bet against Mike Tyson. So I, I would go with Mike Tyson. I just don't know if if he still has. I know he's got the power still and the speed. But does he have the agility and the ability to dodge a punch or to take one on the chin and not, you know, go down? Yeah, I mean, I mean, when was the last time that guy got punched in the face? Right. I mean, he's in his 50s right now. I mean, do you really think he's going to be like... Back when he was in his 30s? Yeah, I, I don't know. He lost six times, and five of them were KOs. Yeah. So. Um, did you see, guys see that video, kind, kind of going off topic, about uh, it was the roast of Charlie Sheen where Steve-O from Jackass jumped into Mike Tyson's fist yeah. and broke his nose? Mike Tyson, didn't, <laughs> Mike Tyson didn't move his fist. He didn't punch him. He put his fist out. Steve-O jumped into it. Broke his nose and gave him two black eyes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even have to move his fist. It was, that's, it was insane. So <laughs> I guess we'll just have to see if anything comes to fruition. I know that they talked about maybe a Holyfield-Tyson fight, which would obviously draw a lot of attention because they're both older, and that was the whole ear-biting incident. And so I think that would be interesting. But do, who do knows? You, do you think it'd be a real fight, or do you think it's like an exhibition match? To draw in money. The Holyfield fight? Yeah. I think it'd be an exhibition fight. I mean, no. Right. Yeah, I just wonder if there'd be so much build up to it that when it actually happened, it'd kind of be like a letdown when we're over. Well, when I was looking at like the the Mike Tyson, Tyson Fury fight, Tyson wanted like five, six hundred million dollars for the fight. But then from what Tyson Fury said that the paperwork that came back to him was a complete joke. He said he was offered $10 million from ESPN for an exhibition fight, but nothing ever materialized, and they he said that it's everybody's pretty much moved on from it now. So That's so strange to me, because it's, it's Mike Tyson and Tyson Fury. I mean, that alone for pay-per-view should be able to draw some money. Right. A- ask for more. Right. <laughs> you know? Or do you just not want to do it? Mm-hmm. It sounds like a little bit of a cop-out from Fury that he doesn't want to actually fight a 50-year-old and get his ass kicked. <laughs> right. That's kind of where I was going with that. Which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. I don't blame him for a second. I mean, again, you see those videos and you're just like, oh, God, do I want to be on the other end of that punch? <laughs> I don't know. If you're number no. one in your weight class, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah for $300 million, why not? <laughs> exactly. It, as we all know and have talked about on the show, people do a lot for money, like the... Mayweather McGregor fight and how much money was thrown around in that fight, which again, as we talked about, turned out to be a pretty decent, decent battle. So McGregor did better than I thought he did or would have. Yeah. I also, I I saw a ranking of the top 40 boxers of all time and they have Mayweather at number one. It's hard to not put him at number one because he's never lost. (laughs) It's like, what, what do you want from him? He's, he's boxed 50 times. He's won 50 times. I mean, 
What, what what more do you want from him? But from a watching the sport standpoint, it just feels off. It doesn't feel right because he was such a defensive boxer and he was he was not the the power, you know, one punch knockout like Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, Holyfield, all of those heavyweight boxers. It just felt felt different. But they ranked him at number one and I don't think there's anyone that can really argue I, I would like to hear what the facts are to argue against that yeah and we've been doing a lot of top whatever's on the podcast when you get up into like one two and three you're really just splitting hairs right at that right. point yeah but to your point yeah i'd like to know what that hair was that they split to put him at number one yeah so that's what we got going on in the boxing world which is it just me or have we been talking about boxing a lot on the podcast in general maybe it's because we like watching the pay-per-views <laughs> I, say, I don't think i've ever talked about boxing more than i have in the past year yeah i mean we talk about we say that this is like kind of a football podcast but we talk about all different type of sports it's kind of like a football slash boxing slash other sports topics right but jumping into it you guys watched the last dance oh yeah loved it really good loved the last dance yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, the the Last Dance was a documentary about Michael Jordan and the Bulls and their dynasty, and it sounds like it was a a pretty good pretty good portrayal of what was happening during that dynasty. Yeah, it was really interesting. It, I mean, it kind of starts you right at Michael Jordan's early career, college, being drafted, how bad they kind of were initially. Yeah, <laughs> the Bulls were. And then it almost does like a um, it, it flashes forward and flashes back between like the 91, 93, three peat and then the 96, 98, three peat And then not giving too much away when you get to the last episode, you basically spoilers, watch, spoiler alert. <laughs> you watch the last game where they won their second three peat Yeah, it to me, the whole docuseries gave me a greater appreciation for Michael Jordan and how much work ethic he put into his game and to try and be the best and to want to win and be better than magic or Larry bird or all Isaiah those guys. Thomas exactly. I, I was watching that. And on several occasions, I was just like, I don't know if I could will myself to have the drive he has at everything. Mm-hmm. It's not just basketball. He has to win in cards. He has to win on some weird coin game they play before games in the locker room he has to win in golf like Mm. everything this guy does is 120 percent in complete focus Mm -hmm. and completely unapologetic that's the other thing i learned about michael jordan too he's the most unapologetic person you'll ever meet no one holds a grudge like michael jordan isaiah thomas oh my god like isaiah thomas is not on the dream team because of michael jordan and he, he says, you know, well, it's, it wasn't only just me, you know, other guys thought it too, but I think, I think a big majority of it was Michael Jordan. Well, yeah, it goes back to the bad boys and how they just beat up on Michael Jordan for the longest time and basically caused Michael Jordan to go to the weight room, put some weight on so they could hang with them. But, you know, he held a grudge against Isaiah Thomas really hard and then three-peated with Dennis Rodman, who was also part of the bad boys for a while too. So it's really interesting that dynamic there. Well, like the bad boys, they had the Jordan rule and Rodman kind of went into it. If Michael goes into the paint, you knock his ass down. You don't let, you don't want him to get into the paint. John Sally said, Michael gets in the air or whatever. The guy's a Superman. He can't be stopped or whatever, but if he's on the ground, you knock him down and you knock him down hard. Yeah. That's a far cry from where we're at in today's NBA, isn't it? <laughs> oh my yeah. God. You barely breathe on somebody and get a, 
technical foul. <laughs> yeah. Well, with LeBron flop James, I mean, he's old, he, you don't even have to touch the guy, and he's he's on the floor. So it's interesting. There's a lot of talk in the docuseries about Michael Jordan, and obviously he helped produce it. So there was a lot of focus there, but it also had a really good insight into Scottie Pippen, who at the time, if you're ranking like top NBA players during that era, Michael Jordan was widely considered the best. I think Scottie Pippen's like right up there, top five, top 10. Yet he always kind of fell into Michael Jordan's shadow. Yeah. But Scottie, Scottie helped Michael because Michael didn't have to do it all on his own once Scottie got there. When, right. Once Scotty and Phil Jackson and everything fell into place, then Michael's like, oh, I don't have to be the center of attention. I can like, be a team player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Do you think Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan without Scotty Pippen? I think if Scotty Pippen wasn't there, Michael Jordan would be like LeBron James, where he's trying to have to carry a team to a championship. He might win a couple, but I don't think he wins six like he did with Scottie Pippen. Yeah, go six for six in the NBA Finals with six rings. And touching on the LeBron James, it was tough. I mean, I'm not a huge LeBron James fan, but it was tough watching him with some of those Cavalier teams with Kyle Korver and, like, no really supporting cast. Smith. And he would just drag them to the, the NBA Finals every year. And we were watching the game out in the garage, and LeBron James scored 50 points. And they lost by 10. Yeah. Like, what do you want from this man? Well, yeah, when in that series against Golden State, he he was by far the best player on the court. He, 100%. I think he should have won the MVP, even though they lost the NBA Finals to Golden State. Right. It would. I think that would have been the first time, because I remember talking about that, that the losing team, the MVP come from the losing team. But I agree. I mean, LeBron James is just a little step above everyone else in the NFL or NBA at that time, you know, mm-hmm. as, as he gets older, things change and his dynamic with his team changes, but it's absolutely insane how good that man is. Yeah. Greatest NBA player of all time. Talking, I think Michael is. We're talking LeBron and Jordan right now. It's the big debate, right? I will say this. Michael has something that LeBron James does not have, and that is three home runs in minor league baseball. Oh, so. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that he uh, beat Brooks Copa on the golf course one time. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were talking about best uh, basketball player, not best overall athlete. Oh, I didn't know. I got confused. <laughs> Until I see LeBron James start hitting dingers, I'm I'm not buying it. Dingers! Uh, so, some, some quick MJ stats. He was the only player to ever win Defensive Player of the Year and average 35 points a game, which is crazy. He had 30 50-point games in his career. So 30 games where he scored 50 points or more. He has, obviously, six NBA championships. During those six seasons where they won the championship, he averaged one missed game each season. One. So he was reliable. Reliable and, I think, the greatest of all time. Well, yeah, he won that one game with food poisoning or the flu. They call it the flu game. Yeah. He claims he got food poisoning. The docuseries came out. The pizza guy was like, no, we loved Michael Jordan. We delivered that pizza because I wanted to meet him. But, so, whatever it is. But, yeah, I mean... Throwing up all night, throwing up leading to the game, dizziness, wins. I thought my favorite part of the whole series, though, was it was Michael's first or second season, and he had broken his his foot, and he was out for like 40 games, something like that. And the Bulls were in the mix to make the final playoff spot. And the Bulls are like, you know, no, there's a chance that you could get hurt and everything. And, and Michael's like, 
no, I want to play. I want to, I want to go and play to win. And the owner's like, all right, Michael, so there's a 90% chance that you'll be fine, but there's a 10% chance you'll, you know, further injure your foot and never play again. If I gave you a pill of aspirin, nine of those pills will help you, but one of them will kill you. Would you still do it? Michael goes, depends on how bad the fucking headache is. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That is a really funny story. I also like that they sent him away to like rehab and not do anything. So he went back to his college and started playing pickup games as soon as his foot <laughs> felt well. So when they were like, well, we can't put you in. He's like, well, I've been playing at the college for the last four weeks. And, and they like, never knew about they're it. They're like, what? <laughs> I, well, that's one of those things that you see with all of the greatest athletes. You can't turn that off. No. You can't turn that determination and that drive to be become the best. I mean, if you talk about the greatest of, of any sport it's it's that's a normal occurrence for everyone that you you talk to mm-hmm. is that they don't give up they don't stop they don't they never stop improving yeah they give it 110 percent every single time they go out there yeah and i'll also say this my last point on the docuseries is phil jackson is the man not only was oh he a God. player but he was kind of like a little bit of a hippie too but i think he was like the perfect person to come in there and wrangle in the michael help him understand what team play looks like and how he doesn't always have to take the shot and all that. But I mean, I just, I remember watching the docuseries and the GM at that time was just so bent on getting rid of Phil Jackson. Like he had to get rid of Phil Jackson, even though Michael told him, I'm not coming back. If Phil's not here, I'm done. I'm not coming back. And uh, he still did it. And I, and I just, I can't wrap my brain around. I wonder if that's more of like, kind of like a power struggle like where the GM wanted to be the reason why the team is doing good. And then when you see Phil Jackson actually doing all the work and everything, it's like, no, 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 no. I I have to be the one in charge and everything. And, you know, it's my word. And I don't know. I just feel like it was kind of a power struggle. Yeah, I guess. I just. But I don't think Phil Jackson thought it was like a power struggle at all. Right. Is Phil Jackson one of the greatest or the greatest coaches of all time, 11 championships. Yes. Two different yes. teams. I mean, it's either him or red Auerbach, the Boston Celtics coach that oh won God. 10 championships, but that was kind of a different time too. That was insane. The Celtics of like the sixties and seventies, I think there was like a 12 year period where they won 10 championships. Yeah. Or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, that's a, uh, it's interesting because, you know, a couple of years ago, we never thought we'd be talking about, weird NBA seasons because you know it's it's a major sport bringing in millions and billions of dollars and now we're talking about they just canceled the season right and now they're bringing it back and the same with major league baseball having a 60 60 game season it just it feels weird obviously at what's going on but this whole bubble mentality of the NBA what what do you guys think about that I had to do some reading on the bubble to like really understand like what the bubble is. Um, So they're playing in Florida at the ESPN worldwide headquarters, which has more than enough um, basketball courts to do practices. They say they can, they could actually um, have three games going at once airing on TV. Uh, So it's all happening at ESPN. And then when I was like, well, where are they putting all these people? Well, they're putting them in Disney resorts. Right. Why? Because Disney owns closed. Because Disney owns ESPN. Oh, yeah, too. Which yeah, I which I true. didn't know either. So like the strict social distancing and no family members, no friends until they get through the seating 
and the first round of the playoffs. And by that time, almost half the teams are going to be eliminated. Right. Yeah, because it's the 22 teams that are playing for eight eight seeding game or yeah, play eight seeding games starting July 30th to determine the final standings and who makes the playoffs. Yeah. My problem with the bubble, though, is that one of the big factors in it is that the Disney staff members that are there, they they can go home. Right. That kind of defeats the purpose of the whole bubble and everything. You'd think that the staff members would have to stay with with the players and everything. Well, I mean, like, we, we talk about it a lot in my career. It's like best effort. Like, how do you do the best effort? You're never going to get it perfect. But what's That's your true. best effort to make sure that it's as contained as possible to realistically get sports on the TV? Right. Yeah. Well, also being able to play and, and get everything going. Yeah, I, there is no perfect way. And something that everyone needs to realize and remember is that no one, this is no one's normal. No one knows what what the right answer is. I mean, we're all just trying stuff. And this might not be the right answer. And then it's going to come out. And then we'll have to we'll have to adjust and adapt and, and move on. I just thought it was kind of weird that, you know, that they're allowed to go home, especially with Florida being such a hotbed for COVID cases right now and everything. But... I don't know. It just. I think when they were negotiating that, Florida wasn't quite there yet. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it is. You look at it today and it feels peculiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who do you guys think is going to win the weird NBA finals championship? Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. (laughs) Lakers or Clippers. Yeah. And I think it's the Lakers. LeBron James, now he has an actual team around him. Um, I I think they're going to win. Mm hmm. Because we all seen what LeBron James can do when he has somewhat of a supporting cast. When he's got, you know, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, well yeah, and then that's why you win three championships right there. <laughs> but even just having having one guy um to help you out can really elevate that team to what we're seeing. I think if the season didn't get messed up like it did, I would have said before before COVID and everything, I would have said the Milwaukee Bucks though with Antetokounmpo and everything, and I oh, think he's, he's got so a, good. He's he's got a really great team built around him. But now that you're giving LeBron James all this rest and everything with Anthony Davis, I just I think it's hard to stop stop the Lakers this year. Agreed. Yep. And so another sport that's having to deal with the COVID because it's right in the middle of their season is Major League Baseball. Good. Shut them down. Yeah, so, <laughs> I know. I know your Sorry. guys's uh, take on Major League Baseball. So they came out. They said, "Okay, we're going to do a sixty-game season," which I think they normally have a hundred and forty-one. Um, so it's going to be a sixty-game season, so less than half. Their training camp began began on July first, and their regular season starts July twenty-third. So coming up in a couple of weeks, the playoffs are going to be three divisions with two wild cards. So that's going to be the same, even though it's a shortened season. But there are some rule changes that I thought were were kind of interesting. There's actually going to be a DH for both the NL and AL. Previously, it was just the American League that you could have a designated hitter. Now both teams are required to have designated hitters, so that's interesting. To be fair, I think I thought both leagues should have it one and the same: either have a DH or don't have a DH. Right, a hundred percent agree. I I have no idea in 2019, I guess, because it's 2020, we're not not going to have that. But 2019. Half the league could have something in the other league. Half the league couldn't have something. Right. That's like in the NFL being like, oh, well, the NFC, uh, we've decided that we, uh, we're we going to have an extra kicker that's going to do <laughs> yeah, something. Right. Like, yeah. what? It, oh, and you guys can't have that. 
Yeah. I, I don't know if it's you, an advantage or disadvantage, but it just seems so stupid. Yeah, you have to go for two points, and or the AFC has to go for two points. The NFC gets to kick the field goal. Okay, so we watched all the negotiations and the failure of the owners and the Players Association to make any sort of headway. I mean, it was like weeks and weeks of them just turning down counter offers mm-hmm. and how... I mean, I just reading it and being like, God, that makes no sense. What is the MLB doing? You're on life support. Right. Like, this is not the time to get into contract negotiations. So it does not surprise me in the least bit that they have different rules in the same league for different teams. Like, I just, they're they're still playing back in like 1909. Yeah. Yeah. Honus Wagner. Right. Mm. Well, and then you got to think of, because they have a collective bargaining agreement that's going to be coming up here, I believe, within the next year. It's like, are they not going to be on the same, you know, same page for that too? Like. They couldn't get on the same page of the collective bargaining that they all signed. That was the big problem, as was the players were told if there was ever a shortened season, they would get paid X. And the owners were like, eh, that seems like a lot of money for the amount of games you're going to play. We're going to pay you something else, and it's going to be less. Yeah. Right. right. Well, hopefully what they can come to the conclusion on is they almost didn't have a season, and who knows how much money that would have cost everyone. So maybe just you know, optimistic here that, when it comes to the contract negotiations, they've seen what it could have, how bad it, how bad it could have been. That they go, okay, let's just get this thing signed and and done, kind of like the NFL did. Because ten years ago, the NFL was in the same the same spot, and it was looked like we might not have football for a while. But this year, it was just like, boom, 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 done. Yep. Let's make sure it gets done. Yeah, right. It's done right. Well, it, well, that that's a time will tell thing. You know, I'm optimistic, but realistically. It's probably going to be a shit show. Major League Baseball could not afford to have no season this year. If they no, didn't have agreed. a season this year, it would be kind of like the NHL where it pretty much just takes a back seat to all the other sports. Then. Yeah. And speaking of the NHL, did you know they signed a collect- new collective bargaining agreement? Yeah, good for them. Yeah, That's good awesome. for them. That's great for the sport. I saw one headline and it was that it was signed. It just shows you the difference between the mentality of the two sports. Right. Mm-hmm. It's done and move on. Right. Um, some of the other rule changes for the Major League Baseball shortened season and extra innings. This is an interesting one. Extra innings, a man starts on second base. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I it do speeds too. Up the game speeds up the game, makes it more interesting. Yeah. It, so you're not having games that start at seven o'clock and don't get done until twelve thirty at night. Right. Like that Rangers game a few ga- uh, years ago. It went into the nineteenth inning. Like yeah. no one wants. No one wants that. Wait. Yeah. Wait. wait. They're going to start a runner on second base. Yes. yes. Like beer league softball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm okay with it. So am I. Why not? What, what it is, adds a what, new element to the What game. is the MLB doing? What do you the, mean what, what are they doing? They're trying to speed up the game. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's the whole reason. It's only after an extra innings, not every game, not the yeah. beginning. Yeah, I yeah. know. I, I understand that concept. But like, put a clock on it and accept a tie. Don't put someone on base. That's stupid. But but each team gets that advantage. So why? So why? I mean, I guess it doesn't. In my eyes, if both teams gets the advantage and the one team scores, and then the next team comes out and then they score, okay, then you go into the next inning. I, okay, I'm I'm gonna try. You're fabricating plays and then starting it. Yeah, I mean, how did the guy get on second? You fabricated that. I just I just don't like it. I'd, I'd rather just see him play it. It's and baseball. I'm, I might be a little bit off base here, but like mm-hmm. for no the pun NH- intended for, <laughs> for the NHL. They implemented the rule of, you know, in their over after the first yeah, so overtime, you, you don't like then shootouts. it's a shootout. Yeah, that's fine. There's 
people taking shootouts. But there's people. But you're putting more pressure the on the. You're putting more pressure on that's, the goalie, though. That's okay. We didn't just take some. We didn't just give him a goal. Yeah, but, but they're not giving him a goal either. Or what if? So, in my, all right, let me put it this way. You're then. getting. A, what if I said when we got into overtime in the NHL that. We're going to play half the period where one team plays three on four and then the other team plays three on four and we'll see who wins. You're just changing the dynamics of the game and I, I just don't like it. Have it's you ever been opinion. to a baseball game that went into 19 innings? No, because I don't like it's baseball. Six, it's six fair. hours That's long. That's a good point. Yeah, I know you guys don't like baseball. <laughs> but I can't argue that point. You're giving each team the a fair amount. They're trying to shorten the game. That's what all of these sports are always trying to do is shorten the game. Baseball, one of the huge problems in baseball over the last 20 years is it's too long. They put a clock on the for how long between pitches because pitches were taking, you know, 45, 50 seconds a pitch. So they were like, we need to shorten this game. Here's how we're going to do it. No, I, I, I get that. And I'm fine with them shorting the game. I just don't like that concept. Fair enough. I think it's good. I think it's I think it's interesting. Let's try it. This is, however, this is a great time to try it. You have a, a weird 60-game season? Yes. Let's try some shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Let's yeah. see what happens. Maybe it turns out to be a disaster and there's a bunch of problems. Well, now they know. The season's kind of fucked to begin with, so <laughs> who cares? Call it a wash. Pitchers will be able to use a wet rag in lieu of licking their fingers, which I never thought would ever need to be a thing. But then I'm like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. You don't want people licking things in a pandemic. Um, and then the last one, which is kind of the process if someone tests positive any player or staffer who tests positive or has a temperature above 100.4 degrees must self isolate immediately those who test positive must have two subsequent negative tests at least 24 hours apart before being allowed to return so there is a whole bunch of rules and these were just some of the rule changes there is a whole laundry list of rules that they're doing to try to protect their players i heard the nfl is doing the two positive or the two negative tests thing as well i was gonna say i thought that was like pretty much it for all the sports right now is if you have you have to have two negative tests or whatever in order to play again which would make sense again we don't know what the right answer is we're just everyone's just trying to get by this new normal like that's like the whole thing right air quotes new normal yeah who knows what this let's look back or let's look forward a year from now or two years from now, what I don't, like, who knows what sports are going to look like um, with all of these different rule changes and trying things. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting next couple of years from the sports landscape. Right. I'm um, jumping into golf. I'm assuming you guys have been seeing how Bryson DeChambeau has been driving the ball recently. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Seen a couple articles on it. I was going to say, I thought you were going to talk about the back and forth between the two of them. <laughs> oh, it's Brooks Kepka. Yeah, that's... Well, Brooks Kepka has never been known to stay silent when he disagrees with something with golf. He's kind of like the bad boy, happy Gilmore of golf. He doesn't yeah. church it up. No, he doesn't. He went after him multiple times last year about his slow play, DeChambeau. And then DeChambeau puts on 30 pounds and drives the ball on average 360 yards. Yeah, absolutely insane. I saw that he hit one 448 yards or something. Cart path bonus points. Yeah, cart path bonus <laughs> yards. Bonus so, that, yards. so that intrigued me because I was like 448 yards. Holy shit, that's a long way. Um, so I looked up some of the longest drives in PGA Tour history. Guess how far the farthest technical PGA Tour drive is? How far did you and, say uh, Shambo hit it? It was like 450. But mind you, 
This commute, they can use cart path bonus points, anything. 510 yards. 511. 787 yards. What? There isn't a hole that long. Right. You had to go 200 on the way back. Nope. They, uh, he hit it. His name was Carl Cooper. It was a long time ago, like 25 years ago. He hit it. Good drive. Hit a cart path. Rolled, rolled, rolled past the hole, down the cart path. He hit it 250 yards past the hole. <laughs> Holy. Took, took him three shots to get back onto the green, and then he double bogeyed the hole. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> yes. So the longest non-cart path bonus yard drive was actually Tiger Woods, 498 yards, though. Oh, my gosh. Of a, of a legitimate drive. It, um, That's probably why his back is so messed up now is because he's <laughs> driving the ball that far. Right. It was uh, the 18th hole. Apparently, this hole is known to be like set personal records because it's all downhill. It's right on the Pacific Ocean, and the wind a lot of times is at your back. back. Oh, so you just go. And so you just crush it, and Tiger Woods has been known to drive the ball pretty good. So four, could you imagine 498 yards? No, I I can't. Not it's, at all. I mean, because we're talking about DeChambeau, how he's driving the ball, you know, 360 yards, and it's like he's just bombing them out there and bombing them out there. That's 130 yards farther than that. Yeah, I'm super curious to see what the DeChambeau experiment plays out. I mean, obviously, he's t- finishing the top town off, and he just won uh, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, so that's good. But we'll see how far it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Also, the fact that DeChambeau is having to apologize to course architects, is that the most ludicrous thing you ever heard? I don't know why he has to apologize for that. Yeah, just own it. I mean, you're you're crushing the ball. Yeah. It? It, hey, here's an idea. Make your course longer. Make it harder. Make it yeah. harder. Put bigger trees in. I don't know. But the like it's not his fault that he can cut corners and go over things. That's what would you what would you like him to do? Would you like him to hit it? Not as hard. Is that what we want in sports? We want people to try less so that it makes the person that created it or uh, feel feel better. What are we talking put, about? Put more bunkers in then. Like then he's got to have to plant a perfect shot. Right. Yeah. I mean, everyone complained the same way when John Daly came out and started crushing the ball too. So we'll, yeah. s- we'll see what happens here. I I think it's great. People are talking about golf more now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love John Daly. I wish I wish he was still on the tour. I hear his sons actually is kind of up and coming as a, as a golfer, not going to be as, as powerful or as flamboyant, but is he going to be wearing shoes at least? Gosh, I hope not. <laughs> I don't, I will say this. If I, if, if I don't see John Daly ever not wearing shoes, I'm going to be really upset about it because <laughs> I loved him drinking, smoking cigars, not wearing shoes and winning majors. No one complains about that. That's is, I mean, well, I guess purebred golf enthusiasts probably don't like it, but that's good for the sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they should like it. It's bringing viewership, which yeah. brings money. It's right. what golf needs right now. They need yeah. a new young base. Right. Mm-hmm. And as much as like we, we talked about the Wilder Fury fight and all the stupid theatrics that came along with at the beginning, you know, Tyson Fury getting brought out on a, a crown with a crown on like having his servants like bring him out and then Wilder wearing a Predator outfit and, <laughs> and everything. I mean, it's just like. Gosh, that is so stupid. Yet here we are talking about it because no matter what we say, we like the theatrics. Even if we like to hate them, we still like that it's 
there's something going on. You just didn't like Tyson Fury's entrance just because you he's don't fat. like Tyson Fury. Because he's he's a fat piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the Gypsy King. No offense, Tyson Fury. Um, please don't sue. Yeah, please don't sue. Yeah, that, that's if that's what we get sued for on this show, I'm, I think we'll be okay. I demand a meeting. Yes. <laughs> so I guess we'll uh, we'll have to see what. What further comes from the DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka? I don't know. I don't know if golfers fight, but feud? They feud, maybe? <laughs> I think Brooks Kepka fights with other golfers yeah. publicly. I mean, he just <laughs> tweeted about how he thinks he, DeChambeau might be on steroids. Now, obviously, he's just adding fuel to the fire, but it is really funny. Right. DeChambeau puts on 30 pounds, gets, gets into a verbal heated argument with a cameraman for looking at him weird. <laughs> Did you just pull your six iron out and wink at me? Yeah, no. <laughs> that was a big news story. DeChambeau got into a fight with a with a cameraman because he felt like the cameraman was looking at him too long. Are you eyeballing me? <laughs> yes. Well, I hate to break it to you, Bryson, but you're on TV. Yeah. That's what it does. His, his excuse was, I just had a bad shot. And I think it's uh, bad for my brand when you have the camera on me the whole time while I'm walking up to my bad shot. <laughs> oh like, this, my god! This is golf, bro. You're gonna—I mean, you gotta suck it up. You're—you're you're leading the tournament. You're in contention. Maybe you're three shots back. Who cares? You won the tournament. Right. The next day, you came back three shots and beat Matt Wolf. Yeah, and <laughs> like you're getting paid millions and millions and millions of dollars to do this. Like you're you're at the top of your part of the top of the sport. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit about the camera guy? We all golf. We all know the importance of what you're thinking about and your mentality. I don't think thinking about the camera guy looking at you is going to help you strike the ball weather better. The camera guy is doing his job. Like what, he should what be do fired. you want him to do? Yeah, who knows? Um, one more thing on the PGA. This happened last year. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but do you think Phil Mickelson's legacy has changed at all because of his the time that he hit the ball while it was still moving. Cause I remember that was a huge, huge deal and people were up in arms. It, it's because of the golf world, like the people in the golf world are so like adamant about heritage and respect and rules. I think it's crazy. It's, like, it's almost like the MLB where they're kind of still living in the past of like, Oh, it should be this way. And you know, there's unwritten rules and everything. I, I mean, who cares? Yeah, he he did something he wasn't supposed to. He was assessed a two-stroke penalty. He took it, and you he move on to it. Like I don't see, uh, I don't see the whole world ready to like write. I, mind you, Phil Mickelson's one of the greatest of all time. I don't see, I don't see them ready to write off people that accidentally put their sand wedge in the uh, touch the sand. Oh, I wish they would. I don't like. Patrick Reed very much. Yeah. He's building sandcastles. Yeah. He was, he did it twice. He cleared out so that he could have a better shot And Yeah. We heard about it, but it wasn't anything like Wait, Phil Mickelson. Rule? Yes. You, yeah. Oh. Yeah. You can't touch the sand. You can't push. Like he basically was pushing sand back so he could get a clean pick. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. I didn't no, know that was a rule. You beat me in golf. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't play in the sand though. I'm so. retro. I do. <laughs> I love, I love the sand. I will say this is right now. I think Phil Mickelson is one of the, greatest people to be an ambassador for golf he's 50 years old he just hit a 398 yard drive yesterday right that was and, awesome and he's one of the best short game players to ever play mm -hmm. right yeah 
I don't know why everyone was losing their shirt over this thing. Like, I, I think it's because in golf, you don't hear about the controversies that you see in other sports. I mean, Tiger had his run of things for a while, but for the most part, it's pretty tame. Right. You know, there's not a lot of headlines that say this golfer did this and everyone's up in arms about it. Like, the only thing they have to be mad about is Phil hit a ball twice when he knew he wasn't supposed to. Patrick Reed built a sandcastle in the sand trap so he could get a better shot. You know, right. there's stuff like that. I mean, it's just, what else are they going to get in up arms? It's about? like they're bored. I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right, well, that's the uh, end of this first segment. Coming up after the break, we have a lot of football stuff to get up, get to. Patrick Mahomes, the NFL season, NCAA football, uh, a lot of good stuff coming up. So stay tuned. The One Point Safety Podcast is sponsored by Joel Tech. Joltech is a technology consulting firm specializing in small business and school district technology. From networking and server installation to maintenance and computer upgrades, they have you covered. Simply put, Joltech gets IT done. Visit Joltech, J-O-L-E-T-E-C dot com to learn more. Uh, we talked about before the break, we are going to jump right into a bunch of stuff that's going on in the NFL. First, right after our last podcast was the NFL draft. We didn't weren't able to do a podcast because of all the Corona stuff, but kind of a normal draft, kind of a crazy draft, kind of a Corona draft because everything was had to be done in people's basements and houses and not in nashville or louisiana or las vegas like it was supposed to Mm -hmm. so interesting because we've never seen a draft like that before but not a lot of movement in the draft order no in the first day there was only four trades during the draft and some of them were really interesting trades so green bay moved up to 26 from 30 to get jordan love which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. And surprise, New England traded out of 23, <laughs> completely out of the first round to get a second and third round from the Chargers. San Francisco traded up from 25 to 31 to pick up a wide receiver, which I think they needed. And then San Francisco and Tampa also swapped 13 and 14 pick respectively. Which Those trades are always super weird to me because there's an assumption that San Francisco thinks Tampa wants the guy they want. And then Tampa has to assume that they don't want the guy they think San Francisco. So it's like almost a game of chicken. Yeah. Like we'll swap mm-hmm. and see what happens. It's mirrors, right? Like no one knows. It's smoke and mirrors. Oh, what are they doing? What are they thinking? We heard this. We heard that. It's all it's all just kind of a bunch of nonsense. But, hey, it works, and they got the trade. So right. the whole Jordan Love that you touched on, Jordan Love going in the first round to the Packers, that was what I think the most surprising pick in the entire draft. I I think a lot of people probably think that because as everyone knows, Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers. They still have him on contract for a few years and he's still playing a high level of ball. Yeah. 
I still say he's a top ten quarterback in the NFL right now. Absolutely. Right, and then they go out in their first pick, which they need running backs, they need wide receivers, they need, they need all re- sorts of stuff for him. They don't. I don't even think they needed a running back because they have Jamal Williams and um, I can't think of the other one, but they had two decent running backs. Now they have another one because they picked up another one in the second round. Right. I think they need a wide receiver, like a true yes. number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so what happens? They take a quarterback, which as Aaron Rodgers, you have to be just livid. Well, because I, go ahead. Sorry, you wanted to. You you said you needed people around you to help. Whether get an offensive lineman, give them more protection, give them a wide receiver, give them something to work with. And what do they do? They give him the one position that can't help him. In yeah. the entire roster. And I think Rogers even said before the draft, it's like, you know, oh, this will be a great draft where, you know, finally I'll get an offensive weapon in the first round. And what do they do? They draft a backup quarterback. Why? They must be thinking about moving on. Yeah. They have to. I don't know how else you read into it. And I keep hearing and reading articles about how everyone's like, oh, it was a brilliant move. Jordan Love was there. It was great value. And I was like, okay, it was a brilliant move, I guess, if you want to win in five years. Maybe, like, maybe it was a gamble, but like if, if I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, which I am a hundred percent not, but my wife is, I would be livid that they care so much about the, or so little about their fan base that, that they were like, Hey, you know, we're not going to resign Aaron. We're going to get this guy. Now we're not going to put any weapons around Aaron. They didn't do anything in free agency up to this point to really help Aaron. Like they just, I feel like they just kind of. Mailed it in. It's almost like they're the signs are pointing to they're want, ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers in the next three years because starting in 2022 is when it's actually feasible for them to get out of the contract extension that Rodgers signed back in 2018. And I think it's just going to be like another Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation where yep. Rodgers is going to groom love for the next, what, three years here? And then they're just going to have to make a decision, and I think I think they're going to move on from Rodgers and bring in Love. I I think they jumped the gun too quick on this one, though. I think Aaron Rodgers still has maybe some left in the tank for him to. He might want to get out. He might want to get out. Think that this is that they kind of screwed him over with this pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a Lions fan. You're a Rams fan, and you're a Raiders fan. Would you be mad if Aaron Rodgers was signed to your team right now? No, oh, hell no. No, me neither. <laughs> hell no. So when, that's where my when can he start? Yes, <laughs> exactly. I'll go out of my own pocket to help get him there. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, and we're paying, and the Rams are paying Jared Goff an ungodly amount of money for a mediocre talent. So don't yeah. even get me started on that nonsense. But yes. <laughs> and, and if you said, would you rather take Aaron Rodgers right now or Jordan Love in a few years? I'm taking the bird in the hand. Because I don't know what Jordan Love is going to do. Right. And in, in my opinion, you sabotage the whole locker room mentality over a hope. Yeah, like, for a guy that was amazing his sophomore year and not really that great his junior year in college. Right. We. It's not like it was like he was Andrew Luck coming out of there where they're just like, oh, man, we can't pass him up. It was, yeah, he was a good co- college quarterback. But you know what? History is littered with good college quarterbacks that can't do anything in the NFL, a.k.a. Sam Darnold, a.k.a. Josh Rosen, a.k.a. Baker Mayfield. Johnny Manziel. 
He had he had a good career at Utah State. Like, what kind of talent is he going up against, though? Right. Exactly. It's not going up against the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Oklahomas, Clemson's. Right. And so that's how you, that's what you alienate your quarterback for your franchise quarterback, the quarterback that probably should have more Super Bowl rings than what he does. Agreed. Mm-hmm. There are but, a couple other things that really stood out to me there too. Is Kansas City, who almost always seems to have a stable of running backs uh, in the wings. Went and got a running back in the first round at pick 32 with Clyde Edwards. Uh, Lions decided to take another second round running back. So our, I think that's a good pick, though. you got to be happy about that. Oh, I'm super happy about it, but at some point I'd like to stop picking running backs in the second round. Right. But he was he's a really, really good all-purpose running back. Yeah, mm-hmm. there were a lot of uh, draft experts that do it for a living um, that said they thought he was the best running back in the draft this year. Um, the other thing that I saw that kind of made me scratch my head a little bit, but made sense too, Jalen Hurts. To I have the that Eagles. on my Do list. Do you really? Yes. I, w- I was looking at the draft recap, just kind of going through the rounds, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I was like, all right, well, you, you lost your backup um, last year, really. And then you went and got Jalen Hurts. And I've always kind of liked the way Jalen Hurts played quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a... He's a winner in college, and not he's not just a one trick pony either. Right. So that that was that was super interesting to me. Just they paid Carson Wentz a bunch of money, can't stay healthy. He's already proven that. And, yeah. And that's that's the whole thing is that Carson Wentz can't stay healthy. Is that he always gets hurt just right when you think he's going to turn that page, and he's doing really really well. He gets hurt. So that's why I don't think there was as big an uproar from. Philly fans saying, oh, why'd we take a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. It's Carson Wentz, if he's proven one thing, it's proven that he can't stay healthy yeah, it's in the ins- NFL. It's an insurance policy, essentially. Right. It's a smart insurance policy. I that, agree. Th- that's what the a Packers should have done. They mm-hmm. should have went and got a Jalen Hurts in the second round. Right. And, and picked up one of those top wide receivers right. in the first round. Agreed completely. Um, so my Rams, they got a running back, a wide receiver, and an Alabama linebacker in the first three rounds not bad they don't have a first round pick i think for like the next 50 years so (laughs) you know it's uh it's tough skating being a rams fan right now because of the nfc west is so hard with seattle arizona san francisco who i think they were in the super bowl last year uh Mm. we got a (laughs) i got a hard uh I got a hard division to play in but at least i can say i don't have to play in the same division as the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes for 10 years. Yeah, they're pretty good, I suppose. Yeah, crickets, crickets, yeah. crickets. I mean, the Raiders, I wasn't I wasn't really upset with anything other than their first pick in the first round. And they took oh, other than the the number 1 overall pick and hey, he was okay with everything. They, they took they took a wide receiver out of Alabama, just the wrong one. The wrong agreed. Yeah. You had Jerry Judy sitting out there who I think was probably the best all the round wide receiver out mm-hmm. there, and they took Henry Ruggs. Ha! Now, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, you know, they're trying to replicate what Kansas City did with like Tyreek Hill. They picked up Henry Ruggs, who ran a 42740. You know, maybe they want that speedster to, you know, stretch the field out and everything, but I just. There was so many other options out there that I thought they should have went with. They should have went with either Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb is an amazing talent. They should have went with C.D. Lamb. Yeah. But they went for the second best wide receiver on Alabama's team. 
Yeah, I don't understand why they would do that. So I, I have a question for you, Adam, specifically. So think back to last year's draft in Nashville when they picked up the Clemson defensive end. I oh, think Farrell? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the pick came through and everybody, everyone just kind of like stood there dumbfounded. Like that that's, you have three first round picks. And, and then the second one came through and everyone was like, um, okay, I guess. I'm not really sure. And then you get to this year and and they pass on, you know, CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy. Is Mike Mayock and Gruden just trying to prove to everyone that they're the smartest people in the room? Is that really what this is about? Maybe. A former draft analyst, a former coach that then turned into an ESPN analyst, a quarterback guru mm -hmm. on his own, even though he inherited a pretty good team in Tampa. What what is that? Is this an ego thing or does this experiment really work out? I don't know if they want to just prove people wrong. Like they take these guys that are, you know, maybe they shouldn't, like other people might not think that they're the caliber of talent when they're drafted, but maybe they want to show the world like, yeah, these guys are, are that good. Like, I don't know what you guys haven't seen at all. I don't know. I, I don't know. As a Raiders fan, you just have to be thinking. Because how do you how do you not take Jerry Judy or CD Lamb? I did, I still don't I don't think there's any justification for it. And Marty's solution I think is the only one is that they want this guy to turn out to be a stud, and then they can say, "See, we told you so." Like the Chiefs did with Patrick Mahomes, they tri- they traded up to get him, and they said he's something special. And what what comes next? A five hundred million dollar contract. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. I mean, luckily. Gruden's got a ten-year contract, so he's got plenty of time to. Are you see still? This are you regretting that? Are you still on the Gruden? I'm still on the Gruden train. Yeah, it's for only now. been a couple of years. Yeah, this is his second, third year. Yeah, so I I'm still on the Gruden train. I I give it to we, year five before I'm like, okay, it if nothing if there is no improvement from year five, then then what the hell are we doing here? Like So you're saying that if the head coach doesn't prove that he can win the big games by year five that he should be gone. I know what you're doing. I don't like it. Oh, I, I think it's a fair question. John Gruden, you just said five years. Five years if you can't win the big games, you know, he should be gone. I agree. I Adam, I solely agree on that. Mm-hmm. So let's just remember that point later I, on yeah, in the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So uh Speaking of big contracts, Patrick Mahomes, $503 million contract signed. What are we thought? What are our thoughts on that? Smart. I, I like it. I was just surprised at how long the contract extension was for. Yeah, 10 years. 12. Well, yeah. Well, 10 year extension. 10 year contract, two year. Yeah, he's still got two years on his contract. Yeah, so tw- 12 years, he's going to be a chief. I mean, as a chief fan, you have to be just thrilled. Because in four or five years he's going to be underpaid, because the the stock for the for the quarterback position will go up and up, and he's going to be tied to that contract. Mind you, I think it's a win win for both Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, it was interesting too because you you look at the contract and there's a steady climb, and if they exercise the base guaranteed salary, there's a steady climb in that all the way up through the years, until you get to like the last maybe three years of the contract, right. It's a super interesting contract that I don't think we've ever seen before in the NFL where there's just rolling guarantees. Right. And if the Chiefs choose not to exercise it, he's gotten out. 
right? If if he stays healthy, if Patrick Mahomes stays healthy for the length of the contract, he's going to be paid five hundred plus million dollars, and they're going to have two or three more Super Bowls. I think. I heard I heard uh, somebody discussing on ESPN about, oh well, they're going to try to chase. They signed this contract because they're going to try to chase the Patriots dynasty. I don't think we'll ever see a Patriots dynasty like this again, like that again. I don't think so either. But even if that's what they're doing, seems smart to me. Agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't 100%. hear a lot of New England Patriots fans complaining about the last twelve years. No, not not <laughs> at all. And if they, yeah, if you can get three Super Bowls in a twelve-year period, that's twenty-five percent. That's pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you got a guy that sat out his first year in twenty eighteen, became the league MVP. Mm-hmm. In 2019, won a Super Bowl and was a Super Bowl MVP. And Threw then you, 50 touchdown passes. And then then you locked him up for the next 12 years. Yeah. I mean, teams should, like every franchise should be killing for this opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you, if anyone that is disagreeing with that, I would ask them one simple question. What would you like him to do more? Did you want him to win two? Do you think if he would have won two Super Bowls in his first two seasons, that would have made it worth it? Like, he won league MVP. He won... A Super Bowl, he has a Super Bowl MVP, and he's been the starter for two years. I think he's already ahead of the curve of, oh, you know, yes. great quarterbacks and everything. You win a MV, league MVP and a Super Bowl in your first three years. Think, think of how many uh, team and player relationships have fallen apart because they wanted to franchise tag them for one year to try to get the deal done. Right. Yep. They don't They don't ever have to worry about this. Nope. It's he, done. And he was in, what, year, going into year four? I want to say this is going into your four. Yeah. Right. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As none of us are avid chiefs fans, even though I like Patrick Mahomes and I think we all like Patrick Mahomes. Oh yeah. Um, this isn't, this comment is not going to make any of us feel better as people that are going to have to play the chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is going to be Aaron Rodgers' age when he, that, this contract runs out. That's how long this is going to be. That's how long Patrick Mahomes is going to be a chief. And again, I know the Raiders are in that division, so Adam's just going to be hoping for a wild card. I'm going to be drinking a lot, that's for sure. <laughs> you, have watch, you have to watch Patrick Mahomes at the top of the. I guess that would be like you know the Green Bay Packers atop the, the NFC North, though. So I guess that's true. How, how that's different true. is that? That is not different. <laughs> um, it's not fun. Yeah, and and I talk about the NFC West being so good, but there's there's a little bit of um, transparency at that, like. San Francisco, Seattle, the Rams. I mean, the Rams won the division a couple years ago. Arizona, I think, is an up-and-coming team that, you know, With probably in the Murray. next couple of years, I think they'll be, you know, right there. Agreed. It's it's a it's a tough division for sure. Go, going back to the Mahomes contract, though, mm-hmm. I was looking at it, and in 2020, the cap hit for Mahomes is going to be 59, almost $60 million. That's Damn. insane for a freaking quarterback. Worth it, but just insane. <laughs> right. Yes. So you think, I think the cap is at $200 million right now, give mm-hmm. or take. some. Let's put it at $200 million in the ballpark because I right. didn't look it up recently. Um, and it's been going up steadily for the last three years. Next year it may not because of COVID and all the profit sharing and all that. But, I mean, if you follow that projection, and let's say we're somewhere around – 250 somewhere in between 250 and 300 million for a cap mm-hmm. and you have 60 million i mean you're still looking at what potentially 30 percent of your entire salary wrapped up in the one player 
right? The most important player on the field. Yeah, I don't. Who's proven himself? Yeah, I, I don't feel like that's. I mean, it's it's a crazy number right now, and it's going to be a crazy number then as well, just because money is still money and it's still a high number. But thirty percent. I, I bet if we went and pulled all the teams to see how much, what the percentage is for quarterbacks that take up their entire salary cap, it might not be that out of whack. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about astronomically large numbers, especially for money. I mean, $500 million, that's the kind of dollar amount that you see Major League Baseball pitchers get that are like, you know, eight-year, $390 million contracts, which I'm going to come on and say is stupid because no pitchers last that long, and it's you're just front-loading it, and you're going to have to pay it. You're going to have to pay that for, for a very, very long time. Like that Mets guy, um, Bobby ba- Bonavilla. Yeah, that every July first he gets paid like one point four million dollars until he's gonna be eighty two years old. It's like he's I think he still has fifteen years left on that. I mean, talk about front loading well, <laughs> or back loading a contract. He was well, gonna make more than Mahomes this year until they got that contract done. Right? It wasn't part of the reason that he's still getting paid is because of like the whole Bernie Madoff yes. situation yes. with the Mets. Because Bernie Madoff um, and Goldman Sachs was going to be a a big investor in this thing, and so they thought they had the money, and then it was a whole crazy thing, which obviously turned out to be a giant pyramid scheme. <laughs> so another way the Mets get screwed. <laughs> Only the Mets can get drawn into a pyramid scheme in Major League Baseball. You son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but all right, so five hundred million dollars. You guys want to hear? Quick little list of things that 500, 500 mil could uh, yes. buy. Please. Yes. Otherwise Please. known as half a billion. <laughs> it could buy three, the, the most expensive home in the world, or in the U.S. is 147 million. He could buy three of those. In the entire U.S., three of them. He could buy 77,000 Vera Wang wedding dresses, designer wedding dresses, 77,000. The top seven most expensive paintings from Vincent Van Gogh. <laughs> buy them all. Jesus Christ. You bought it. He could buy six private islands, 10,000 <laughs> acres. Um, he could buy the Weather Channel almost twice. 300 million it just sold for last year. <laughs> buy the Weather Channel. <laughs> almost twice he could do it. It sold for 300 million. He could buy that and maybe like a, another little channel. He could buy 17,000 of my trucks. <laughs> he could pay for the entire cost of the entire Game of Thrones series. <laughs> Jesus. Actually, actually, he's about $60 million short of that. But, I mean, now we're arguing over pennies when it comes to $60 million, <laughs> What's that in the grand scheme of things? But, yeah, I mean, that's just puts some stuff into perspective on how much money this is. It's, it's insane. It it's is absolutely insane. insane. But that's why he's the best in the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and he should, and that's why he gets paid. Absolutely. So uh, jumping into, did you guys see what Chris Sims said or his list of the top 40 quarterbacks in the NFL? Yeah, I saw some stuff on that. Yeah, he had uh, Cam Newton at uh, number 10, which Cam Newton at that time wasn't even on an NFL football team. But Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, not even in his top 12 quarterbacks. I think that list is invalid, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, I'm going over the list right now, and he's got Carson Wentz ahead of him. He's got yeah. Read, read it off. Read off top ten, or read off the top. I'll, I'll read fifteen. Off, yeah, I'll read off the top top ten at least. Patrick Mahomes number one, not surprised. Agreed. Russell Wilson number two. Agreed. Aaron Rodgers number three. D- 
Deshaun Watson, four. Lamar Jackson, five. Six, Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan, seven. Dak Prescott, eight, which I, uh, I don't know. I'm not sold on him. Matt Stafford at number nine. Cam Newton. <laughs> Cam Newton, like Mark said, wasn't even on a team at that point, is number 10. And, okay, yeah, this is how I know this val- this list is invalid. You have Ryan Tannehill, Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, all ahead of Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees. Who do you take, Drew Brees or Kirk Cousins? Drew Brees. Drew Brees all day. Who do you take, Kirk Cousins or Ben Roethlisberger? Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger. Who do you take, Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins? Ooh. Tom Brady. I guess I'd take Tom Brady. Who do you take, Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I agree with all of those statements. Yeah, I mean, but it's the fact that we're having to argue for Drew Brees and Tom Brady over Kirk Cousins because Chris Sims is an idiot. Oh, okay. We say Kirk Cousins. Who do you take, Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill? Or yeah, yeah, that's a fair one. I, I, I would take Kirk I'd Cousins. Say Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but I mean, there's Tannehill had a good season, but okay. Everyone has a good season. Right, Let's right. string a couple of those paid, together. And he's getting paid. Exactly. And, and he should get paid. And I I have nothing against Ryan Tannehill, but Well, I I will actually use your point against you a little bit. Yeah, string some good seasons together, Kirk Cousins. I mean I, I think they're kind of the I think they're very, very similar in talent. I don't think they're anywhere close to Drew Brees though. But you have Kyler <laughs> Murray you have Kyler Murray ahead of Brees, Brady in Roethlisberger. It's like he he's going into his second year. How can you say that Kyler Murray is better than those guys? Because he wanted to get Instagram likes and so he had to yeah. make it crazy, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how you can argue that. I just don't know how people come up with their lists sometimes. No. Well, what was uh Colin Cowherd about arm talent? Yeah. Yeah, Russell Wilson one, Tom Brady two, Drew Brees three, Kyler Murray four, Jared Goff five. Do you think Jared Goff is a number five arm talent in the NFL right now? No. I don't think he's a number five anything in the NFL right, right. now. <laughs> five, number five interception thrower. Right. So, like, let's let's just get the obvious one out of the way here. Arm talent. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes yeah. Right? Yeah. How yeah. How is Aaron Rodgers not even in that discussion? I, I, I made a quick list. I was like, here's people that I think could replace Murray or Goff. Mahomes, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Stafford, and Watson. Deshaun Watson. He's what? Mm, yes. He he can push the ball down the field. And mm-hmm. we're talking arm talent. Accurately push the ball down the field and throw a pass with touch. I don't understand golf at five. Neither do I am a Rams fan. I don't understand Kyler Murray at four. That's even more confusing yeah. to me. What yes. is he sh- how has he shown that he has this elite arm talent with a rookie season? I don't know. I think that's what he thinks the list is going to look like at the end of this year. I, I don't know what the point of that list Maybe was. Maybe in 2024? Like, this is what... No. Well, no, because no. then Brees and Brady aren't there. No. Not <laughs> a, no, because... And Patrick Mahomes is definitely going to be there. Right. 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 Well, and... Because I was reading on that, and Cowherd's like, well, you know, Mahomes, he's not even looking at wide receivers when he throws the ball so, a lot of the times. It's like... What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Mahomes threw a 69-yard touchdown pass that went 60 yards in the air to Tyreek Hill. I don't know if you guys remember that. It wasn't... It like was off his back foot yeah, falling just, down. And he just whipped it down there, hit him, hit Tyreek and Hill. Stride. stride. And I remember seeing that. This was not last year, but the year before, like the end of the year. And I'm just like, oh boy, yeah. this is going to be bad. And... He has not disappointed. So he makes difficult throws 
looking the other direction and hits a wide receiver in pace, but that's not arm talent. No, not at all. Not at all. I would much rather have Jared Goff throwing interceptions and throwing it at the ground. Yeah, give give it a year or two. Maybe maybe Mahomes will be up in there or something. I, he he's an all right player, I guess. Yeah, he's just okay. He could buy seventy seven thousand wedding dresses, but he's okay, I guess. I wonder how many uh, quarterback lessons he can get from a trainer, so he can get up into that list now with that five hundred million contract. Right. So, do you guys think that we're talking football in? September, October, November, or are we talking about hoping to have football? If you would have asked me two months ago, I would have said, yeah, I, I think we're going to be playing football. But now that it's getting closer and everything, I'm hoping we can have football this year. Yeah, I mean, fans, no fans. I, I actually don't care what it is. I just want football. Yeah. I want fantasy football, and I want football, and NCAA football. <laughs> I want it all. Well, like like you had mentioned the other day, some football is better than no football. Agreed. Right. Yeah, let's get it going. I'll be super curious to see. I mean, like the can you just let's say let's say Patrick Mahomes test positive for COVID. I hope to God it never happens because I yes. love watching this guy play football and I don't want to see anybody test positive for it. But it's gotcha. the world we live in. He's out. I mean, you have to quarantine for ten days, so there's one week. Then you have to test negative once wait 24 hours test negative again he's out at least two weeks yeah Yeah. so like how how is the nfl gonna like how are they gonna build rosters like like do you add people to your roster so you can have yeah you cut extra bodies yeah i (laughs) i what i'm hoping what i'm hoping they do is you know will they play god i hope so will there be fans i don't really care um but let's make sure that we're in a position where if this if like half of your offensive line tests positive that they have the flexibility to go get people and try to at least make a game out of it. It's going to be a really interesting year. Yeah. I mean, like going to the whole fan thing, like in the NFL, yeah, fans, you know, home field advantage and everything is, is somewhat important in the NFL, but like, look at college football, you know, look at the big house. If they don't have a hundred and thousand people in, in the stands, that's going to look so incredibly weird not having that all those people packed into one stadium and everything during a college football game yeah yeah and as much as that would suck and we've all been to the big house multiple times and it's it's a great time i don't care if you don't if if that's the solution no fans if that can get this done sorry i'm not going to a game this year who gives a shit yeah i'll watch from home i'm okay with it right get that thing on tv let me do some fantasy football let me sit on the couch have a whiskey and squirt and you know, go blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, too, is I was hearing that, uh, you know, VR, virtual reality technology is coming a really long way. Is um, I think UFC might have actually tried to do this already. They put a 360 camera in a seat, and then they sold passes for people to see that camera. Mm, yeah. So as if they were sitting ringside at a fight. Yeah, that's the, pretty cool. The, so, the NBA has done that, I think, uh, during, like, the NBA finals, too. Yeah, so I think... They said that the NFL was at least exploring the option to make back some of this revenue as the 2021 20, cap might take a hit is, you know, like, can we get some cameras around the field and sell different packages and still give the fans of experience? And I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. And then I thought to myself, it's football Sunday. I'm I'm probably in Mark's basement having a beer with VR goggles on. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. 
No. No. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Go no sports. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, cool. it is cool that they're at least exploring it. But I was just like, I started imagining us all with the air goggles on sitting around the couch and someone scores a touchdown and no one has any concept of where they're at. Right. We stand up and start throwing things around. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the ratings look like if the NFL goes through and and maybe it gets pushed back. I'm not sure. I really don't know at this point. But if it gets, if whenever we play, the ratings are going to be through the roof. I don't think we're going to have fans. I, I really just don't think that we're going to have fans. I don't think so either. The ratings for just regular old regular season football games are going to be Super Bowl numbers because yeah. we we can't wait for sports to get back. We can't go to the sports. It's going to be huge. You think they try to get new TV deals? Well, they have contracts, and so the. They might come back and say, hey, we want more money because there's going to be more people watching. Right. But the networks can say, ah, we have a contract. Sorry. Sorry about your luck. Yep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It definitely, definitely will be. So that's what we think NFL is going to happen. What do you think about college football? I mean, the Big Ten just said they're only going to play within the Big Ten this right. year. I think that's just the domino effect of either they're going to push the season back to the spring or they might not even have a season at all. Right. I, I think they're going to push it back to the spring. Yeah. I hope they only push it back to the spring. Yeah. That's worst case scenario to me. But yeah, because I mean, I, I mean if, if they if they push it back any farther than the spring, you just cancel the season. And oh, you, yeah. There's just a, a hole in it. Well, and then you got to think about like, do they grant them a year, another year of eligibility then at that point? I, I mean, I think you have to. Like college basketball, that was different because they already had their season pretty much just about over right. with. And what about like contracts like Jim Harbaugh's that has it was a seven year contract and say they don't play a season? I, I wonder what the language in the contract says. If it says it's going to go through this year or if it says seven seasons. Yeah, I don't know because I was reading that Michigan, when they canceled that, they were going to be on the hook for like. $4 million that they would owe teams for not playing those games because I think it's the visiting team always pays X amount of dollars. I don't know how it works, but it's like a revenue thing. And for the most part, they think that the games will be postponed and we won't be out any money or it will just forego it. But there was talks on the the contract and the language in it, kind of like what you were just saying there, where it's like an act of God type scenario where you know power loss natural disaster stuff like that so it would be curious to see like does he have that in his contract does but then does he get paid like there's just so many questions there yeah we're also at an unprecedented time in in this you know country and in the world with covid and everything like i i don't know how do you plan for that in your contract (laughs) you you can't i mean it's crazy these are these are the type of clauses that people put in contracts that never get exercised or exercised except for right now when, <laughs> when we're needing to. So it's absolutely crazy. So let's say we do get to play some, they get to play uh, college football. We're all Michigan fans, right? Go blue. Yep. Harbaugh. What's your expectations of Harbaugh? What is your feelings on Harbaugh? Because I have my own feelings and that is, I think we should get rid of Harbaugh. I'm sick and tired of hearing about how oh, he's got to prove himself this year. He's got to prove himself this year. That is every year we talk about that question. I mean, we're, are we just going to say, oh, this has got to be his year. This has got to be his year until the seven years is up. And I want to be in the college football playoffs. <laughs> I want to win the Big Ten. 
That's fine. Okay. But I'm no, saying no. you win the Big higher. Ten, you're in the college football playoffs. Sorry, I should rephrase. I want to beat Ohio State. Yeah, that's fair. Like we we are so far ahead of to get to there. We need to we need to beat our rival. Yeah, but like so in my head, I actually thought about this a lot because we talk about Michigan football all the time, and we say, "Oh, I want to beat Ohio State." And then I think back, like all the time he's had, and as you stated at one point, he has all of his players here now. Yep. These are all hardball players. Yep. He has Don Brown, a defensive master mm. genius. Love Don Brown. So like beating Ohio State. Although we haven't done it yet, isn't good enough to me anymore. Like I know, but we, then we have just to take that step. No, we take the step and keep going. In my opinion, we just we, talked like two weeks ago about how that wasn't a big deal, and now you want to be. You think that we're good enough to get into the college football playoffs? I think we should be. Yeah, I think we should be too, but we're not. Okay, well, we said what are your expectations? I think everything goes through Ohio State, though. You beat Ohio State, you're in the Big Ten yeah. Championship. Yeah. If, if you, you win the Big Ten Championship, you're in the college football playoff. And if you don't beat Ohio State, you're not getting into anything. No. Yep. Nope, because, you know, unfortunately, that's how our schedule goes every year. We play the last game against Ohio State. So, and that's that's the shitty thing is, like, we've gotten our ass kicked against Ohio State Ugh. the past two years, and it just leaves a sour taste in your mouth at the end of the year. It's like, well, we had a pretty good season, and then we got our fucking asses kicked by Ohio State. Yep, hundred percent. And I, I'm, I'm, I get it, Harbaugh. You get up on your stage and you say it was my fault. You know, everyone wants to take the blame. Everyone wants to be a martyr, but <laughs> you got to start producing. And I, yeah, you should have been. I've been saying this for a couple of years. It's done. Like you, you. You're not producing. You're not developing quarterbacks. Your defense is keeping you in games with Don Brown. Harbaugh, I don't know what you're doing. You're not doing it right, though. Yeah, and you're not even using the quarterbacks that you develop. Yeah, Right. You're just you getting know, transfers. Yeah, Ruddick, Spate, O'Corn, all those people. Like, this will be the first year he's going to play with a quarterback that he got. And mind you, he let Peters walk. And I like Peters. I watched him at two spring practices. Thought he, I thought he had potential. But anyways, he's gone now. So here we go. No more excuses. Yep. There's, there hasn't been excuses, in my opinion, for a year or two. But, yes, I completely agree, Marty. 100%. What do you think, Adam? This is the year. This is, And I know it sounds like a broken record. It is a broken this, record. But this has got to be the year. Now that you actually have your own quarterback that you have you know, brought in, let's do it this year. If not, then I am. you can, you can mark it down. You I am done. It. With Harbaugh after this year. Well, good, they... because he only has one year left on his contract. <laughs> so it only took him seven years to for you to f- find out that he was a lemon. He was a dud. Yeah, and like, is this the year, or does this year have to be the year? That's what it I'm curious. It has to be the it year. It has to be the year, right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm past it. it it's kind of like the Lions when they went from uh, Caldwell to uh, Patricia. It was, okay, Caldwell, you get, we'll get you to the playoffs. He'll... He'll get you in the game, but we need to take the next step, right? Yeah. We we want to take the next step, and the Lions digressed really, Terrible. really, really bad. That's kind of what I felt like with Michigan. Okay, Hoke was winning some games, but eh, he was not the answer. Let's get Harbaugh in. Harbaugh will take us to the next step. And what has happened? Yeah, we win 10 games. We lose, we lose two or three, and we miss the... College football playoffs. We haven't won a Big Ten title. What has he done? Didn't, weren't we not ranked with Hoke? Like, it, I mean, I think he at least took us forward, not to where we are paying him or 
um, what we expected. But, like, I mean, Brady Hope was slapping a kid on the butt with a concussion and putting him back in the game. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to – I'll agree with you, the Lions thing. They fired a coach that was getting them into the playoffs, at least, for a person that had never been a head coach before and gave him a five-year contract. Person. So, like, I get the mystique of hiring a, a former Patriots uh, coordinator. It was a bold call. And they're gonna have they're gonna have some really hard decisions to make. Agreed, completely. Mm -hmm. So I guess we're just gonna have to see what happens with Harbaugh. I mean, <sighs> I don't have high hopes this year, to be honest with you. Yeah, I. The thing is, is that we've all had high hopes for many of the years with Harbaugh, and it has not come to any fruition whatsoever. Maybe we just need to take the John Joel's approach and accept defeat. Yes, give up. Give up. Yep. And then we will win. Yes, you have to completely <laughs> have no more, you need to have no more faith in it, and then it will work. That is definitely the John Jules. <laughs> um, and then that's when shit starts working right. So well, If I do that, I'm going to start reading more and not watching sports. Yeah, you have to completely not care. Speaking of Michigan, though, how do you feel about the John O'Corn when he was quarterback at Michigan, though? John O'Corn was... The biggest mistake in Michigan football in the last 10 years. And I'm including Harbaugh in that because John O'Corn couldn't do anything right. It's like he didn't know how to be a quarterback. I don't even know how he got to be the starting quarterback at Michigan. And I'm going to read you one stat. There's a laundry list of them. I got one stat for you. For every touchdown in the 2017 season that John O'Corn threw, he threw three interceptions. <laughs> Crickets, crickets, I, I, crickets. I don't know how Harbaugh, what Harbaugh saw in him to make him transfer. I think he Michigan. saw him as a backup that, you know, Spate got hurt. I, at one point, O'Corn wasn't the backup. They were putting Peters in, who yeah. was actually driving the ball down the field. Right. right. And then he got hurt. So I think that's kind of how we got to O'Corn. He was number three. Okay. If you want me to take a shit in a box and mark it at Michigan quarterback, I can. I have the time. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, one touchdown, three interceptions. You're not beating Ohio State. You're not beating freaking Penn State. You're not beating anybody with that. You're not beating Ohio State's third string. You might not beat Appalachia State. Ooh, too soon. Too soon. That's still too wow. soon. That one hurts. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we're just going to have to see what happens with Michigan football. I don't have very high hopes. And now you got Michigan State getting all these basketball recruits. And so... I guess we're just going to have to see what happens with with Michigan sports. But hey, I, will, go blue. Go I blue. will say that Michigan football is way ahead of Michigan State football right now. Yes. I mean, it's really bad. They are doing very, very small bad. Small victories, I guess. I look forward to <laughs> University of Michigan becoming a football program again and not a basketball one, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, yeah. there it is. <laughs> Rapid fire, boys. You ready for this? Yeah, yeah. All right, number one. If you had to pick one Detroit sports team to watch, but you had to watch every minute of each game of this year, what sport are you watching? <sighs> Lions, I guess. I'm going Lions. <laughs> Since Jim Harbaugh appears to be quickly overstaying his welcome at Michigan, who would you rather have replace him? Urban Meyer, Jerry Sandusky, or do we revisit pregame sing... Circle sing-alongs of Kumbaya with Rich Rodriguez. Uh, Urban, Urban Meyer. <laughs> Gotta hate saying that, too. <laughs> At a young 31 years old, J.J. Watt has st 
stated that he would forego his $15.5 million base salary if required to wear protective shield playing football this year. Would you try your hand at defensive end with the Texans for that kind of money? Yes. Heck yeah, why not? Right. Number four, Tom Brady recently made every common man feel normal with his rounds of golf during the match with Peyton Manning, Tiger Woods, and Phil Mickelson. Out of those four, who would you most want to play 18 with? Tiger. Tiger. All right. And finally, Kanye West, a.k.a. Yeezy, a.k.a. Yeezus, has announced his bid to run for president. Can he count on your vote? No. I'm not even going to let you finish that statement and say, no, vote for him. Let's do it. So, all right, guys, that was a good good series. Good uh, good work. See you guys. Till next time. Yep.